Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Lumia. And we're super passionate about all things coaching, and we want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training thousands of life coaches. Let's dive into the science and magic of coaching. On today's episode, updates from South by Southwest and why the workplace is hiring managers as coaches. Yeah. Is that correct, Noel? That is correct. And and that was, you know, this is something that I've known, but when um when I and some members of the Lumia team went to South by Southwest this year, I was really surprised that um, the crisis of engagement in our workforce was really taking center stage. And a lot of the conversations that were happening across the board were around what is needed. How do we Mm -hmm. solve the problem, especially for younger generations around how to be happy at work? (laughs) It's, it's, it's real. And is that is and, that even possible? How to be happy at work? Uh, yes, we are finding out it is not only possible, but it should be a requirement. Correct? It should be a requirement, and and I think about that all the time because often you know we work with outside organizations, and I I I, I work with other people, and I feel their energy and their mm-hmm. own experience of work, and then when I come back into our organization, it feels really different. And I genuinely believe that the difference is coaching mm-hmm. and very much centered uh, specifically on the way that we we treat each other. And coaching gives us really specific rules of engagement for how we treat each other. How has this showed up for you in your personal life, just kind of using coaching as an interpersonal tool? You mean um, being happy in the workspace or, or just um, being having... happy in your relationships? Because when, when we're talking about the workspace, our happiness, I think, ultimately comes down to relationships. Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, over the years, coaching other people and uh, helping them find uh, joy in their, their lives has gotten me to hold up a mirror, uh, examine my own life, including my work life. And um, practice what I preach. I just I, I don't like um, I don't want to be the kind of coach uh, who is uh, do as I say, not as I do. I don't want to yeah. be a hypocrite. And so it's been really helpful for me to help other people redesign their lives, uh, put weight on different things, find joy. And then it's also a great reminder as I'm doing that um, to apply it to myself. So yeah. uh, it's, it's been it's been a long road, but it's been it's been good in that way. Yeah. And, and I think, um, you know, that others and the self are kind of the center of this conversation Mm -hmm. is, you know, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're working within a small organization or whether you're working within a large organization, something that's really fundamental is that you're working with other people. Like you, (laughs) you have to work with other people in order to, to get by in our society. And, I think what we're seeing is that there's a crisis of engagement and, and we hear that mm-hmm. word tossed around a lot, but what it really means is um, how people feel in their work environment and based on how they feel, how likely are they to actually a want to do their jobs, mm-hmm. do their jobs, 
do their jobs well, and then support the organization as a whole, like really care about the organization as a whole. Let me ask you something as a CEO. Um, how hard is it as uh, Lumia has grown for you as a leader to create that kind of space where um, people are happy? Is it harder with more employees or is it easier as, as it grows? You know what I'm saying? It's, re it's really hard. Yeah. It's, it's really hard. And um, it, it takes discipline and sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And it's something that has to be guarded that you can't just say like, oh, we have a great culture and not actually take proactive um, and even sometimes defensive steps to really kind of sort through and say, whoa, 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 you know, what's what's going on here? You know, what needs to be reset in terms it, of expectations? Well, and also, I feel like as um, the company grows, you have more people knocking on your door. You have more people wanting things um, like myself <laughs> you have more people asking you for things and that's going to be difficult for you on top of that doing your own job and then always consciously um, wanting to set the temperature of the workplace because uh, I know that's that's one thing that I, I love about you and what you've been championing is to make work life a good thing not work something that you dread um, we, you and I bo have, have both had jobs like that and the thing about Lumia is uh, you're not just like preaching it, but you're really trying to incorporate that into the culture of the company, which I find really um, inspirational. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to prove that it's possible, honestly. And and let me break it down. So, you know, when, when we talk about, okay, what is coach training? What is coach training for managers? Why is it important? If we're looking at the world and we're really understanding that so many people out there are, are suffering, when they're suffering, you know, fundamentally that typically happens because somebody's needs aren't being met. Hmm. So let's start with that as a baseline. Yeah. We have this workforce. They're not engaged. Um, it's, it's a lot to do with, with the values that a company says, these are the values that we hold. And then there's the experience of the workers where they're saying, well, I don't have that experience. Those values don't show up in my everyday life. I don't feel attached to them. So what do we do with this problem? And when I'm saying coaching is the solution, how do we break it down? The two fundamental pieces of coaching are asking questions and listening. Mm -hmm. So even thinking about you know, the way that you and I interact in our work relationship, you know, what do you need? That's, that's typically one of the first questions that's on the table. And that's typically one of the first questions that's on the table for anybody within our organization. What do you need to do your job? Mm -hmm. What do you need to live your life? What do you need to meet your goals? What do you need to learn and grow? You know, and, and actually freaking listening to somebody's answer. What do you need? Well, um, well, real, real quick, uh, just I want to say um, that's not uh, the norm in the workplace, meaning the boss doesn't ask the employee, what do you need? Usually the employee is gets to a place where they, you know, knock on the boss's uh office door and say here's what i need and it's something i've been needing for the last four years and now i'm finally telling you because i can't do this anymore you know it gets to that level it, exactly yeah. and and this is where we can have a workforce revolution is 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 turning the pyramid upside down 
mm. and putting the needs of the middle management and lower management at the fore. Because oftentimes, especially in large organizations, the people who are closest to the work, the people who are closest to the problem have the best information. It's mm -hmm. really like reading tea leaves, you know, when you're sitting at the top of an organization, you know, if, if there's a problem, you know, within our organization and somebody comes to me and says, well, what do we do? I don't know. <laughs> I have to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I have to turn over a lot mm -hmm. of stones. I have to ask questions. And the best people to ask the questions of are the ones who are closest to the work, the ones who are low level, mid level. Well, what do you think's getting in the way? What do you see? What do you need? What would make a difference for you to be able to mm -hmm. do your job? And sometimes that question of what do you need to do your job is interpersonal. I need to be, I need a safe space. I need to feel like I have permission to exist. I, yeah. I need to know that I'm valued here. And then that bridges into another subset of coaching skills, which in, in international coaching federation terms, the standard that we meet as coaches is coaching mm -hmm. mindset, where you look at every single person in front of you with a non-judgmental stance, and you believe that that person is whole, capable, and good. How could it fundamentally change our workforce if every manager, every VP, and every CEO said, you know what? I actually don't have all the answers, but the people who are way below me are all whole, capable, and good. And if mm -hmm. I actually listen to them, we're probably going to have a really good data set around what we need. Yeah, it reminds me of the whole um, we kind of going in it, in it with you, <laughs> the whole with you instead of at you. I think the old, um, you know, the way to run a, a company was the, uh, the iron fist, like back in the 50s like maximize, squeeze as much as you can out of your employees. Um, I heard coffee. I heard coffee was invented to do this. I heard, uh, I saw this. It was really interesting that um, coffee was invented to um, get employees because uh, they were so tired from working to um, be more productive. Mm -hmm. And they found that, uh, that uh, you know, the, uh, the caffeine and coffee can do that. Uh, and uh, I, I saw this documentary. Once. I was like, wow, that's why it was invented. But um, yeah, that that's the old, and I think the new is not about um, how we can maximize and get everything out of our employees, but um, how can we create a culture where um, everyone's happy and thriving, and by doing so, we will be more productive. Like, how can we hold hands and um, have fun while we're trying to change the world? You know? Yeah, or or not even try to change the world. Have fun when you're, you know, manufacturing crayons, right? Yeah. Like yeah. like like have fun while you're working to live. Have right. fun while you're punching a clock. And yeah. you know, all of this comes down to culture. So from my perspective and and what everybody was talking about at South by is that culture is how people behave towards each other, mm. how people behave towards customers. And how things get done as an organization. You know, those are the three prongs. I think an interesting case study to understand what's happening right now in society and how true impact can be created is looking at um, the field of tech. Mm -hmm. So for the last, I don't know, what do you think, maybe seven to 10 years, 
um, tech has really existed in a bubble where there was this whole push. People were getting creating apps. There was a ton of mm-hmm. venture money flowing in. Yeah. People who had a skill set where where you could write code or or build things were kind of this um, in a bubble where mm-hmm. there were or high salaries, mm-hmm. um, lots of perks, and there was just you know money flowing in. And that bubble has burst. And there have been um, mass layoffs and more coming at a lot of the very large yeah. tech, tech firms. Yeah. And what we've heard from people who have been let go is like, I am shocked at how poorly I have been treated by these mm-hmm. organizations mm-hmm. that I was with this place for 20 years. And I found out via a news release and an email that I was going to be, you know, let go. Yeah, I remember... Yeah. Like when I was first um, in my professional career, if somebody left, um, there was like a party and you got to say goodbye to your colleagues and your work was celebrated and so on. And so, you know, so that's one piece. There's this whole group of people that, that have been left, let go and are kind of like searching for their next. But then when we look at um, what's happening inside organizations themselves, there's this idea coming from the top that now is a time where where companies need to take back power from all of those you know tech employees because they've had too much and we're going to create this culture of fear and salaries are being reduced okay mm-hmm. so that's just factual like that's happening in real time and now let's pull the lens way out and look at how this is going to impact how people are treating each other how they're going to behave towards customers mm-hmm. and how things get done. My understanding of technology is that as a field, in order for us to continue to advance within a society, what's required is innovation. And as all of these things are being ignored in the name of like essentially power and capitalism, a big concern that I have for this particular space is that, yeah, everybody's freaking miserable, but this is going to kill innovation and kill security and mm-hmm. kill um, a company culture in, in spaces that a lot of people depend on to gather information. What's your take on it? Yeah, I um, I feel right now, and it's interesting, you're saying basically the people, um, you know, so the, the tech bubble um, bursting, and then now people coming out and telling the world what their experience was like. Uh, you know, it reminds me of um, kind of a toxic relationship. You know, yeah. a lot of times relationships uh, that appear to be great from the outside, uh, it doesn't work out. And then people start talking, re- we realize what it was really like and all the eggshells and stuff like that. Uh, and yeah, so there's a wave of people um, coming out of a lot of those companies um, saying that they were mistreated or unhappy and, and all of that. Um, I think... Uh, it's a great opportunity, especially for coaches, um, to help these people, um, not only with the workspace, but uh, pulling back just um, in their life. I think it's a great opportunity um, when you come out of something and it didn't work out for you, uh, you take that data and then you can decide how you want to redesign your life, right? it's It's a natural organic reboot, you know? Um, both you and I have gone through that many times. And so there's a great opportunity here for, for coaches. There are. There, mm-hmm. There is. And and I think that there's a great opportunity 
for all of the folks who left this space to um, gain coaching skills and gain cultural competency skills mm -hmm. and go back and, and, and kind of do what Lumi is doing, which is build the place where you want to work. Yeah. Like we, we can recreate companies with values in this way. And something that I'm thinking about is all of the people who are still on the inside. And I know I've been beating the tom-toms and saying coach training can really help. Like it really mm -hmm. can. But, you know, one of the differences between uh, working someplace and actually being in a toxic relationship is that while you're at work, yeah, you're stuck there, but there are rules. Like you can't act certain ways at work. Yeah. And what would it be like if the rules were that you have to listen, you have to ask questions, mm -hmm. and you have to summarize for someone to make sure that you really understand them and then base your next action step on a co-joint plan to move forward? Mm. Yeah, giving that person a voice and, and uh, some say. And frameworks and yeah. tools and permission to act in this way. You know, what I described, asking questions, listening, and then working together to come up with a plan forward, that is a basic coaching framework. That's that's like the hallway coaching conversation. Yeah. Where are you now? Where do you want to be? And what's getting in the way? If we can make these kinds of conversations standard mm -hmm. within organizations, it gives people a way to loosen up on command and control leadership and hopefully get out from underneath fear and into more of a collaborative mindset that fosters innovation and community and, and ultimately yeah. belonging. And it, there's quite a bit at stake here. So I've been seeing a lot of reports um, coming out of, out of the government sector, coming out of the policy sector. And there has been um, a national dip in productivity. And this is the biggest decline since 1948. Wow. Right. And yeah. that's happening like right now. 61% um, of North American workers are more stressed about their finances than they were a year ago. And this is the highest levels that we've seen since 2008. Mm. The lack of trust in organizations is insane right now. You know, we've never seen anything like this. Oh, and here's a really weird statistic. I want your take on this one. Okay. So we talked about this um, a couple of years ago, I think coming out of the pandemic that distrust had really eroded in civic society and government and churches, you know, so on. But trust was up in terms of brands, but that was only consumers. Mm -hmm. So consumers are putting their trust in brands but employees are saying we don't trust anyone. How, like, so we have this weird, I don't know, juxtaposition where the brands are expected to like fulfill trust for society, but the people who work in these huge brands are like, this place sucks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I yeah. don't know, where do we go from here? You know, um, it's interesting because uh, it's it almost reminds me of like um, uh, uh, something that's candy coated, meaning um, from the outside, um, the brands being very kind of shiny, and uh, uh, but it, there's a crust to it. And then on the inside, you know, unhappy employees and a lot of um, hypocrisy and all of that happening. Yeah, and and I think this is where we need 
to have a great reckoning because 50 million people quit their jobs in the great resignation. Mm. Um, 53% of employees report disengagement. There was this, the, the Surgeon General put out a press release that said 81% of workers are going to be looking for work pro- places that support their mental health in the future. Um, so what's going to happen is that if we don't get ahead of this as a society and start giving people real actionable tools to work with, a lot of companies are going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, the, the, the company is only housing. It's the people that, you know, work for them that, that keep it up. Yeah. It's, um, it's wild. And I, and, and on one hand, I look at this and I say, okay, you know, this is an opportunity for new businesses to be built, for new industry to um, to come forward. But one of the things that I worry about is, well, what's going to be lost, right? So, like, what what's going to be lost in terms of our collective knowledge share? So thinking about, like, where information is stored, um, it used to be within academia, that like, okay, you know, people were publishing, people were doing research. Academia is dying. Like, let's just be real about that. Professional certificates are coming to the fore. And then it was like big companies um, that were revolutionizing and and doing research. Even a great example is is Ford, Um, how Ford was like on the skids and then, you know, came back or, or big research companies. And even thinking about a small company like Lumia, like if if Lumia um, didn't make it, there would be a significant loss for society because we provide such a beautiful network of coaches and we house so much knowledge within mm-hmm. our organization that that would be like lost. And yeah. so part of me feels like, well, the old way does need to go. We, we also as a society need to be thinking critically about what needs to be protected. Mm. What would you protect? Like if you're thinking about, you know, companies that exist that you're like, man, like this would really be a loss for folks. Um, well, when I think about Lumia, uh, I, I think about what needs to be protected uh, is culture, right? Yeah. What needs to be protected is uh, the the kind of values that you've created, the temperature of the room. I mean, what I get from students is it's not so much what they've learned. I mean, that's obviously important and rewarding, but it's the um, connections they've made, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like when we have the retreats and everyone gets kind of gets to see each other in person. It's proof that uh, there is an authentic, authentic um, connection happening with people. It's proof that, because uh, a, a safe space has to be created for that to happen. It's yeah. proof that people are being vulnerable. It's proof that people feel safe enough to show themselves um, so not only students, but also um, behind the scenes. And so mm-hmm. I think that uh, has to be protected, right? It's like, yeah. I don't think about like IP. I don't think about, you know, content curric- criteria curriculum. I think about the culture and how people feel about being in a part of this community. I think that is what needs to be protected. Yeah. And I, I also think about, you know, um, content and curriculum and, even thinking, you know, okay, Google is a great example of a company that was at one time is no longer 
touted as like the best place to work because people were free, mm-hmm. they were innovating, mm-hmm. they were building stuff, right, you know. Right. Um, it's become such a, a massive organization and, and I've heard some good, some bad. Um, and there's there's layoffs happening there now, but just even thinking about something so small that Google's created, which is similar to what Lumia does, which um, Google has um, a professional certificate where people can can learn design skills like UX, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm marketing and so on, if that went away, a whole bunch of people, a whole segment of the population that maybe didn't want to get a bachelor's degree would lose access to that education. And, yeah. and same deal with Lumia. So, you know, like, like, like you and I personally developed that curriculum, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so many other great minds went into it. And if that was lost, like we'd lose like where, like where are things being canonized in our society anymore? Mm-hmm. Like what happens? I mean, MySpace shut down. Think about all of the photos that, like, and the right. like that are that are younger years that were lost. But it's um, it's an interesting it's an interesting time to be alive. It's a terrifying time to be running a company. Um, yeah, yeah, I can imagine just uh, the up and down, and uh, it, you know, but the changes, yeah. I think that we can rethink culture essentially. Mm-hmm. And just in the way that we're having this conversation and in the way that Lumia is very intentional about culture, other organizations can do that too. Mm-hmm. And one of the scariest things I think that everybody has to really wrap their heads around is that it has to come from the leaders and it has to be demonstrated by leaders, how we act, how we treat each other and how we treat our customers. Um, and this has to work in, in a, inside of a business, inside of an organization, in a way that reinforces positive engagement and positive intent. And it, it and it, it, the thing that drives me the most crazy is that the training in how to do this is so simple. Hi, Vanessa. Um, <laughs> oh, says <so> hi. <laughs> the training in how to do this is like is so simple. It's again, it's it's like listening, acting on it, mm-hmm. asking good questions, effective mm-hmm. summary, and to, to, to give people some relief. What would you say to people who are, are listening and who may be um, rebooting their own lives due to a layoff or thinking about becoming a coach or thinking mm-hmm. even about you know starting a company? I would say uh, the stuff that we're talking about now, put it to the top to reshuffle your deck because it's very easy to make decisions based on, um, you know, the salary or vacation time or other things that's, that, that seem very attractive and health benefits, you know, and all that stuff is important. But when it comes to what is truly going to make you happy, things like we're talking about culture, the, the temperature of the, of the, um, the company, um, the mission, the value, the community, all of that stuff, that's going to be what makes the day-to-day you know, um, the, you finding joy in the day to day. And yeah. then also if you're starting your own company or you are starting your own practice and you're a coach, um, don't just think about, um, you know, the, the contracts, uh, uh, think about the tone that you want to set, you know, think about, um, what you want to talk about, what, what, you, what, uh, what's going to be, uh, the relationship with, uh, you and your clientele and, you know, who you're going to partner with and all of that stuff. I mean, so many people are creating their own practices, um, especially in our organization. Uh, don't just think about, uh, getting clients and think about 
what's different about your practice and how can um, that be uh, designed in a way that um, makes you happy. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And and this conversation is, is so circular because um, everything that you just talked about, you know, the soft skills that are really required to, to look critically at how you're treated, how you're, how you feel, but also how you act and how others perceive you that folds into your whole life. I mean, it's, it's not, it, it starts in one corner of your life. You know, you might be looking for change in your relationships or you might be looking for change at your job. But once you start really getting the hang of these skills that allow you to listen, ask questions, talk to and engage with other people, that's when you're really hitting kind of like the Holy grail of interconnectedness. Mm -hmm. And it, changes lives. It, it just flat out changes lives because people are no longer t- scared to talk to each other. They have some rules to go with. And um, so whether you're going to become a coach, whether you're going to use coaching, whether you want to bring coaching into your organization, super simple, super powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the conversation. Absolutely. All right, friends. Well, we will catch you next time. And um, if you have questions, I'm always happy to hop on the phone. Come see us at Lumia. Thank you for listening. Be well. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to lumiacoaching.com slash everything. Explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose and a bold community to do it with. Lumia is ready to equip you with the tools, training, and community you will need to reach your goals. If you're ready to build a unique coaching business on your own terms while making an impact on the world at large, Lumia is the next bold step in your coaching journey. That's lumiacoaching.com slash everything. And hey, if you're waiting for a sign, this is it.